This is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime. And it's been an interesting day. Felt a little flat today. A little, I guess I could have even felt a little down. So I thought at the end of the day, um, I was going to make something out of that. And what I'm going to make is a podcast called Dreaming is Psychedelic. And in my work with people, I often try and encourage their dream life. And rarely does a person, though it's happened recently, come to me in search of their dreams. What they usually come in search of is an expanded awareness of themselves, is a purposeful mysticism, a alleviation of suffering and oftentimes when they come in pursuit of that what they're looking for is uh, some kind of psychedelic guidance and what I really try and do when people are thinking like that is I try and point out the ways that they're psychedelic without using psychedelics. And that's something that I feel like a big advocate for in not just the psychedelic world, but in the culture. Because in the moment, there's so much emphasis on the psychedelic experience, on the neurology of psychedelics, on the biochemistry of psychedelics, on the chemistry of psychedelics. And, you know, I think on one of my podcast, on one of my essays, I think it's called It's Consciousness. It's on www.goingquantum.org, but it could be called It's Consciousness Stupid. Um, because there is such an inflection towards canonizing the psychedelic experience, um, especially since Michael Pollan's book has come out. And one of the things that people are missing is that life is very psychedelic. And psychedelic, the word psychedelic means mind manifesting. It was a made-up word. I think um, Humphrey Ormond made it up, who was one of the psychedelic pioneers in the 50s and 60s. I could be wrong about that. You can look it up. However, we all have psychedelic experiences. Um, And one of the things I like to point out to people is that the consciousness that is conjured up during a psychedelic experience. It's almost like there's a ritualistic aspect of using psychedelics that's unavoidable because the actual ritual of imbibing the psychedelic, which is a lot like um, taking the wafer in a Catholic um, ceremony 
the things that are generated by taking the psychedelic are parts of consciousness that already exist. It's almost like there's a quantum interface between physical reality and quantum reality when that happens. And through taking the psychedelic, it's allowed to happen. It's allowed to be experienced um, as something that's present in the moment that isn't usually present. But that is just a mistake of perception. It's a mistake of cathection. And the word cathect is one of my favorite words. And I, I remember learning it in a religious studies class in college. And what was being taught in the class was that if a Westerner goes into a Buddhist monastery in Burma, they notice totally different things than a Burmese native who's grown up in that culture with those symbols and that incense and that architecture and that feeling of home and structure and clergy. It's just impossible to understand what's intended by that. And another way to use the word is that <clears throat> truck drivers affect gas stations because they don't want to run out of gas because that makes their job that much harder. So mostly the states that we encounter in psychedelic experiences, they seem unfamiliar, but I want to assure anybody who's listening to this that they are not unfamiliar. And there's a lot of states that are related to psychedelics, state, to the states in, implied by psychedelics, that psychedelics are not required to bring about. And I know I've spoken about this before, but, and I've talked about it in terms of meditation, but really the state that is most resembles the psychedelic state is dreaming. And we have all dreamed our entire lives. And dreaming has a very profound purpose, even though it's not regarded profoundly in our culture. You know, we can dismiss people by saying they're dreamers. You know, you can see how pejorative the notion of dreamers is politically. It's people who want to be part of something that they're not part of. That's the implication. But every single one of us has been dreaming since we were born. And if you think about how primary dreaming is, how many things can you say you've been doing your whole life? Babies dream. 
I've had two babies. You can watch them. You can watch their eyeballs behind their eyelids moving around in REM. They're learning things. They're processing uh, things in their consciousness that aren't developed yet. I've seen it and felt it. Um, so you can look at it like, you know, we breathe our whole lives. We eat our whole lives. We uh, get rid of waste our whole lives. And what we sleep our whole lives. And we dream our entire lives. We're all going to spend, I don't know what the years breaks down into, but it's almost like, you're gonna spend decades dreaming during your life if you live a long life. So there has to be a purpose for it. And, you know, in Eastern and Western cultures, it's been defined differently. You know, in Eastern culture, in Tibetan culture, they have what they call, more specifically in um, Chan, they have what's called dream yoga, which is becoming aware that you're dreaming in your dream and manipulating your environment to show how much plasticity there is in your state. And they think that if you can do that in your dreams, you can do that in your life as well. You can learn about the relative nature of your situation and how your perceptions are relative. But there's no ultimate reality in that. And that's true. I agree with that 100%. Never been that successful at it. Although I've dreamed an enormous amount. And I've sort of inclined myself more towards the Western view, which was really, you know, Freud talked about it, but Jung really took it to another level because Freud was really reductionistic in his dreaming understanding. You know, everything was libido, everything was sexuality, repressed sexuality, and Jung didn't believe that. But what Jung believed was that there was a part of you that you were not aware of your unconscious that lived outside your ego state that existed outside your ego state that was communicating with you about its contents because your your ego state is is like a um, it's restricted in a way to cope with your environment and as you move further and further out into the unconscious, it becomes more impersonal. It becomes less about your life and experience and ego states and more about ultimate reality. You know, what, what, and so every single one of us, when we relax our ego states, begins to become permeated by what Jung called the unconscious, what um, what 
quantum physicists would call the quantum field, as one of the things that happens when you fall asleep is your ego relaxes and it allows information in that it doesn't allow when it's maintaining its integrity. And the way it maintains its integrity is through identifying with belief systems about reality, about itself, about its history, about its biography, about its feelings, right? And a lot of the way we're all very ardent about doing that during our day and about maintaining the integrity of that, of the story we tell about ourselves. And then what happens when we fall asleep is those boundaries, those structures, they soften where they collapse in places and information that we aren't processing or don't think that we're aware of seeps in. I saw this great quote this week that um, it was by this guy named Dale Pendel, I think his name was, and it was that dreams are the songs of the unconscious. So when you have a dream, the unconscious is communicating to you about things that you do not understand. As a egoic awareness. So like I always say to people, if you think you know what a dream's about, you haven't really worked with it. Because the whole purpose, the whole intention of a dream being created, of a narrative being created, of characters being created, is to communicate something to you about which you are not presently aware about yourself. And it is an impersonal but concerned field of intelligence that creates that dream. Now... Every single one of us has been doing that our entire lives. And it was Jung's belief also that we were dreaming all the time. And that means when you're awake too. However, because we are so ardent in maintaining our, the integrity of that state, we don't notice and for a lot of people, they're so ardent in maintaining that integrity of their egoic state that they don't pay attention to their dreams either. So I always work with people who say, I don't dream. And then if I work with them a little bit, they start to dream like it's magic. And it's not magic. They just give themselves permission to experience their dreaming selves. And if they work with those dreaming selves and those dreaming selves become aware that they're now paying attention, that intelligence that creates dreams responds to their awareness. Now, and it responds by making more powerful statements. It goes, oh, well, you're listening now. 
So since you're listening, how about this? And I am thoroughly convinced that if you work with a dream, and I sort of have worked out sort of like seven or eight questions, nine, ten questions, I don't know if they are, I have a worksheet for it, that if you work with a dream, honestly and thoroughly, you will find yourself at the end of that process in a psychedelic state. I'm a hundred percent convinced of this. That we have such a notion of our passive willingness to have these experiences and that's being revealed now in the culture by psychedelics having such a prominent uh, position of discussion of their value. But proactively one can work with a dream and find themselves in the exact same state. We have a passive psychological culture by just by the nature of the culture. You know, you see so much mechanistic reliance on things like antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication that people take because they just want to be helped without actually delving into the source of their discomfort. So they don't do the things for themselves that could activate their own healing, creative, and dynamic processes. And nothing, you know, is more dynamic than working with one's dreams. And it's completely safe. People can get overwhelmed by their psychedelic experiences. They can experience things that take them days or weeks or months to comprehend or feel comfortable with or make sense of. It can take someone months or years to integrate a challenging psychedelic experience. I myself have taken a couple years to integrate a challenging psychedelic experience to where I was comfortable with what I experienced. It can happen to anybody. But dreams, you can work on at your own speed. And if what's implied in them is too overwhelming, or too challenging, you can take a break and go back to it. But I am 100% convinced that what people find in their psychedelic experiences, which can be incredibly profound, have been there all the time in their dreams. Usually, Ignored. And so, dreams can be like a pressure valve release. You can work stuff out through working with your dreams daily. Or, 
you can have a psychedelic experience every once in a while that can seem overwhelming or really powerful or really profound, but you can also do both. And know that those experiences are hand in glove. Nobody ever encounters anything in psychedelics that are not contained in their dreams. They just may not be paying attention. Everything that is in any psychedelic experience that a person can experience is in their personal dream life. They may not be paying attention to it. They may not be harnessing it. They not, may not be harvesting it, but it's there. And so the whole fetishizing of psychedelics is not really necessary. They're another facet of the jewel of consciousness. And if we allow, if we allow ourselves to harvest that information that exists nightly, then that which we seek in psychedelics or that which people are seeking in psychedelics is available in an oftentimes much more palatable format. And if people want to use psychedelics, they're going to have processed a lot more of their unconscious material through working with their dreams that will allow their psychedelic experiences to start where their dreams have ended. So you can, one can cover a lot of ground in their dream life that psychedelics cover. And then they can free psychedelics up for other things. And like I said, everybody who can hear my voice right now dreams and has dreamed their entire life. And Jung thought that dreaming was such a natural process that even if you didn't remember your dreams, even if I don't remember my dreams, they still change you. One is, they're such a part of nature, one's consciousness is changed. It's an alchemical process by the very act of having a dream. However, he also believed that if you worked with a dream, that you could accelerate that transformation because ultimately he thought, and I agree, that you're trying to get your ego to take on the information and the totality that's implied by dreams. And that that was health. 
was by having a more encompassing ego that was permeable to the unconscious. and to its more eternal nature and less of its circumstances so that the eternal influenced one's circumstances more than one's circumstances screened out the eternal. I think it's a great idea to contemplate one's dream life and know that the dreams you had when you were four were created by the same intelligent mechanism that created the dreams you had last night. And that mechanism of intelligence has been aware of your ego and your, the conditions of your life for your entire life. And while that same mechanism makes its self known during psychedelic experiences, it's there all the time and is most revealed in your dreaming. So if anybody is interested in that worksheet, uh, get in touch with me and I'll get it to you. And I will prove to you that dreaming is a psychedelic state. Um, This has been Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime. You can find my essays on these matters at goingquantum.org. This has been my pleasure uh, sharing this with you. It's a subject I hold very clear and close to my heart. See you next time. Have a great week. Just a dream